0: Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host Corey Barrier, and I am here with my I man Alan Ferguson. What's up, Alan?
1: Yeah, look, currently down under again, spending a bit of time with family, and uh, yeah, really, I mean, I've been really excited to, to get back on this podcast with you. I really enjoyed the last time we we connected, and we've had a few conversations since then, and this is great. Thank you for the opportunity, Corey. For sure. So you have a new, I believe, just to segue you a little personally, you have
0: a new nephew or new no grandson. Grandson. Sorry. I have a new nephew. My apologies. I got myself mixed up. So
1: you have a new grandson, fairly like very new, right? Yeah. He's one month old. He was born seven weeks premature at a whopping Three pound, which is not much, <laughs> him in your hand, and uh, yeah, but he's back home with mum, and uh, he's healthy, and that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. That's right. So, Alan, we look. I want to talk about. I
0: want to talk about some of the things that you work with plumbing companies, or and or just drain companies, and I think the first place I want to go with this is how do you improve their revenue how is it that you're able to take them from a let's call it a two three hundred dollar average ticket to a 12 13 14 2000 i mean i don't know the numbers exactly but tell me you could actually run through some of those numbers what what's the biggest gap you've seen what's you've taken somebody from what to what what's the biggest jump you've seen so
1: and and look this is I've worked with a lot of companies here, and and I do work with companies that have got average tickets that are deplorable. Like anything under five hundred, average ticket in drains, you're really not doing it right. So I've I've worked with companies that are, let's call them three hundred, and I've the best companies that I've worked with, I've personally helped go from you know three or four hundred bucks to about two thousand dollars average tickets. And, and in a short period of time. So you, you do the math on that. Like you don't have to be a rocket science scientist to understand that's a dramatic imp- increase in revenue. So the companies that I founded, we had plumbing and drain companies. We were probably between 2,000 and 2,500 in average tickets, depending on some of the bigger jobs that we would win. But a recent example really good company and and look one of the things with if you want to increase your average ticket and let's say you're three or four hundred if you're below five hundred dollars we need to look at how much you're charging the way you're charging i mean i recommend flat rate or margin pricing for everything you do except for drain clearing and drain cleaning i believe that should be done on an hourly rate in 30 minute increments but you got to get those rates right so Recent example, great company, drain company out of Omaha. Rod started working with me last year. I think it was around October. Average ticket was about 400, 420. We got him to 1280 within three months. And he didn't have to do a lot of work, but he, this guy is a serious implementer. Okay. He went in and did the fucking work and he got the results. So, you know a lot of the companies i work with are just not willing they they don't want to charge more well okay and they're not willing to put in the hard work to actually get your average ticket up so and some of the things you need to fo- it's not just about charging more but you need to you need to have a sales process so that every drain call you run you're looking for massive opportunity you're presenting options to customers showing them problems that they didn't know they had. And uh, your average ticket will go up and, and, and the, the overall profitability of the company. Kind of, it does.
0: It's kind of hard to look for problems if you don't run a camera though, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> camera is our eyes and it's, it's sort of like taking your car to the mechanic and not letting him lift the bonnet, you know, like the camera is so important. And I just don't know how we got by all these years without the camera, but your camera is your best friend. And when it comes to drain cameras, don't anyone that's listening in to this podcast, that's a plumber, a drain cleaner, don't, don't cut yourself short here. Make sure you get good quality camera, good monitors that you can actually show the customer the problem. You need to educate your customer. You need to show them what's, what it is you're trying to sell them by identifying and yet yeah, just having real good visibility. But there is a process for that. I mean, it's use nice having the camera, if you're just using it for your own viewing pleasure, you need to, that, that the customer needs to come along on the journey. That's right. You know, it, and I think
0: by having a better piece of equipment, I, I well, tell me the difference. Tell me the difference in, you know, your average piece of equipment that maybe somebody's going to buy because it's, you know, is reasonably, but, you know, reasonably priced opposed to one
1: that you would recommend? We, we always look all about, we had like, we had about in, back in Australia, we had about 30 drain trucks and each truck had a camera. We went for the good quality. It was rigid, which um, it's one of the most expensive, probably not the most expensive, but when it comes to cameras, you got to realize you're giving them to your, to plumbers, Basically, and they, you know, they, they can pr- be pretty rough on equipment. Now you can have processes and in place and tell them how to, but at the end of the day, they're going to use that camera like a plunger, and they're just gonna—they they just want to get that camera down the drain, and they don't look after it. Uh, if it was their own, they probably would. But you want something that's tough that will go the dis- distance. You don't want some of the. And I'm not bagging any equipment, okay? I'm sure there's some really good quality Chinese cameras on the market, and I've tried a few of them. They look the same; they probably do the same thing. But if they're breaking down every couple of weeks, that that's just that's going to kill your efficiency. So we went for equipment that we knew was tough. It's a bit like buying a truck. You know, you you want something that's going to be able to go the distance and be able to handle the rough wear and tear. So that's my recommendations, but I'm sure there's good quality equipment out there that does go the distance. And yeah, I'm just not overly aware of it. Well, and in, in,
0: look, you, you probably can get some good ones that are like less expensive, but you take the risk of it, fa- you know, it failing. And then like you said, it that damages the efficiency, which means you can't really run a 30 minute call for $79 or whatever it is that they're running it for because the idea behind that is that you don't and correct me if I'm wrong but the idea behind that is that you you spend a half an hour for that $79 if it falls under the specific specificity I think is what I'm trying to say of what it, of the offer right and I think that's that potentially is where a lot of people fail is the offer is also super important that you're very clear about what you're doing and what you're not doing in that 30-minute time frame.
1: Yeah, look, when it comes to the specials, and look, I see a lot of companies in Australia as well as the U.S. have copied you know, the model that we, we – I didn't create the model. I created shit. I would take – I see what successful companies are doing and I follow it, you know. And I try to be as original as I can. I'm not into plagiarism or anything like that. But I, I look at, you know, we brought what I saw. I, I learned around 2006, 2007, some really successful companies in the US and I was part of a best practice group. And I took what I learned down to Australia. and we And look, even <clears> – <throat> and I know one of the things we've talked about – is the the power of implementation. And you know, we I didn't really have strong implementers in the business, but I was pretty like driven to implement all what I'd learnt. And and I learned that not everything that works in the US works in Australia. So I learnt through trial and error. And you know, no one was really doing what we were doing at the time. So I what I learned through testing is and then I look at the successful companies here in the US and I believe that most companies that do a special are giving away too much like we've tried giving away cameras giving away water jetting giving away stuff and it was detrimental to the sales process so what I mean by that Corey is that you send a technician to a job where the camera's been given, the water jet and everything's been given, what the fuck does he sell? Like he's, you've removed a couple of steps in the process. So I believe that it's more important to have the technician get used to being selling a camera inspection and he might sell that inspection off the back of a membership or you might have a special within your pro sales process, like, for example, you might do, and I highly recommend companies learn to bill in 30 minute increments. And I'm only talking about drain clearing, drain cleaning, camera work, location work should be charged in 30 minute increments because it's what builds. You, you need to be in front of the customer every 30 minutes. You're working on a relationship. You're not going to, you're going to not going to sell shit unless you've got. I can't believe I said that, but anyway. <laughs> I brought the word shit into a drain-cleaning conversation. Good one. Um, So you're not going to sell anything unless you've got the relationship with the customer. So my observations are specials are great to get the phone ring. Limit them as much as you can. Don't give away the farm. Train your technicians, your entry level technicians, the guys that are going to the run the special. Just train them in the basic stuff. How to sell a camera inspection, the importance of showing the customer the problem. You're gonna, your special might include 20 minutes or 30 minutes with hand rods or an electric eel. You might limit it to a certain distance. So then you need to. The, the idea is to, to to get the water to go down, to pop the drain. That, that just means you've punched a hole in whatever's blocking it. That's when you need to take the customer on the first. You need to show them what that problem is. Don't go and fucking remove the problem completely because what are you going to show them, a, a clean pipe? That'll work out well for your sales process. So anyway, that's so, probably going on a bit about this, but this is just everything's got to be thought out. If you want to be successful in drain cleaning, drain clearing and drain cleaning, you need to have a a process. And your technicians – and, look, I learned this – I learned, you know, I thought by giving away cameras and giving away water jetters and all that was the way to do this. And then what I learned was my technicians said to me, Alan, what the – like, this is hurting us because you used to give us a commission on selling a camera. You used to give us a commission, like, because we – I believe in what gets rewarded gets done. And we would give our technicians a financial reward for following process and making sales. And then that would always lead to more sales because they knew that their earnings were from selling stuff. When you start removing that stuff from them, I believe that's a problem.
0: I would uh, totally agree. It's like taking somebody's commission away or reducing their commission structure, essentially. Yeah, no, I... uh, that makes complete sense, uh, but I'm sure you get. Well, what if I, you know, what, you know, if I went out there to clear, to clean, or clear the drain, and what if I'm not done in 30 minutes, right? I'm sure you get that all the time. What am I supposed to tell the customer because I didn't do the job?
1: Look, anyone that's in the the plumbing and drain industry knows that not that many drains can be cleared in 30 minutes. Okay, but they can. And, you know, you've got, and and look, I share some great examples of customers that they would just call us out just for that 30 minute special, whether it's 79 or 99, there's no, look, I don't tell anyone what to charge. I've got companies that can be very successful charging 49 and I've got other companies that I'm not doing it for less than 199. I don't really care what you charge as long as you can get the phone call, your staff, but when the higher, the, the more you charge, the harder it is for your call center staff to convert it. The lower the fee, the easier it is for them to get a technician in front of the customer. And if you've got well trained technicians, the goal is to get that technician to do the work. But the lower the fee, the harder it is for the technician to move that to your desired break even. Because this is all about when you're running a special, a loss leader, It's all about getting to break even in the shortest amount of time. And I, my system that I train, we're aiming for about an hour. If, if, If In the first 30 minutes, you're losing money. If all you get is the fee that you've charged and that's where it stops, you've missed a step and you haven't followed the sales process. But if you're able to keep going and let's say the next 30 minutes should be moving into the correct charges that you need for your, you know, for your equipment, you should be able to get to a break-even point in 60 minutes. Some companies it takes 90 minutes. So, and this is something I, I say to the companies that I work with. And one of the, one of the key performance indicators I want is you're running a special. Great. You're giving away too much. And that's just my observations, but what's your conversion rate out of, you know, every 10 calls you run, how many of those calls are only the special, meaning, you know, you're 79 or you're 99, and how many of them move to the next level? And if that number, if you're converting better than 30%, so you don't want the special to be any less, any more than 30%, so meaning... um, out of know, every 10 calls, three of those calls all you collected was your 79 or your 99 and then seven out of those have moved to at least break even or profit. and that might be you might have four jobs fit into that category and then you'll have a couple of jobs that go past where extend where they either have an excavation, which is I highly recommend, adding cleanouts, repairing the problem, could be a complete drain replacement it could be a full trenchless no dig solution so you need to know the numbers and it's when i work with any company the very first thing i say is do you what numbers do you know do you know what your conversion rate is now if your conversion rate on the special if you're if If that's above 30%, let's say 50% of your calls are at the special, you've got a problem and we need to fix that as quickly as possible. But there is a marketing opportunity there because you can actually take that in your marketing to your, you know, whether it's on social or whether it's in your website and tell the world, look, you know, there's a lot of hype around $79 drain clears, but here is an example of all the happy customers that have had their drains cleared for 79. Now that is going to build, that's going to build your brand. And, but you've got to have, you've got to have happy customers, you know?
0: I think also, you know, I think what you're saying too is that you've got to also set expectations. And I think if you set expectations, I don't think, I know with any sales process, if you set expectations of how the call is going to go, and You let them know at like the thirty-minute mark, twenty-five minute, whatever it is. I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell you where you know where we're at. Here's what could happen. Right? Is that how you do it, or how do you set yeah. the expectation? Okay.
1: Oh, you've got to like you know. I I teach contractors a process and a real simple process. So I if you know what I teach can fit on one page. It's a checklist, and you know if any of your cast listeners want access to that checklist, I'm happy to share some information on that. But you've got to keep it simple and you need a step-by-step process. So the very first thing that I teach is the pre-call. That technician, if currently your dispatchers or your CSRs do the first point of call, to let them know the technicians on the way. I want you to allow the technician to also, the technician should be communicating with the customer because that's his first point of contact. That's where he can say, Hey, Mr. Jones, it's Alan from Ongo Bongo Plumbing, whatever your company name is. I'm on my way. Listen, I'm dropping by a Starbucks to get myself a, a coffee. Can I get you one on the way? No, that's all right, Alan. I'm good. But I look forward to seeing you in 30 minutes so I'll be there, and and let the customer know you're going to be there, and also confirm with that customer the problem that they've got. So, I mean, we know that shit happens in in service company, especially when you're doing. You know, we were doing up to two thousand calls a month that we our dispatchers accidentally send our drain guy to an electrical or a HBAC call. So. Make sure you confirm that this, yeah, you know, Mrs. Jones, it is a block drain that I'm attending. Yeah, yeah, Alan, that's what you're coming out for. So, that first point of contact, confirm the address, confirm the problem, start to build the rapport with the customer, ask them if they want a coffee. You don't need to do any more than that. And then, when you get there in front of the customer, it's like they already know you, right? Because you've, and then that's, then your second point of contact is about getting them to show you where the problem is. From there, you need to say, right, for 30 minutes, I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to try to get this drain cleared for you. If I can, great. But if I can't, I'll come back and I'll knock on the door and we'll discuss the next steps. And that's it. That's a process, right? But by that time, you've had two interactions with the customer. You're not ready to present anything, any big numbers, but you're getting closer. You're moving the sale in the direction it needs to go. Perfect. You explained that great. And, I, you know, just for context, Alan, I think,
0: if I'm not mistaken, the last year you ran the, your company, you did about $24 million. How much of that, I think, I guess that breaks down to about two and a half
1: million a month. How much of that was drained? We were. Drains alone, we were probably approaching about 1.5 million in revenue every month, but about a million of that was from running specials. So we had, you know, I think we had a lot, we had a lot of existing customers, let's call it 70,000 to 100,000 that we would generate. And I look, and this is an area, I don't know if you want to dive into, but I'd love to get into existing customers and how you get more from them. And that's probably the area where I put more energy into anything else. And maybe we can we can morph into that later. But so about a million a month came from running specials. And we would run um, a $79 drain clear and a 99. We split test. And I recommend any company listening to this, you need to be testing shit. Uh, Don't just rely on what you think is working. Always test it with something else. And I got that idea from Billy Stevens, the founder of CIRA, talking about he was testing using zero dispatch fees versus charging, and it was all about the least amount of resistance, and he found that zero service fees work better than charging the customer. Conversion rates were fine. But so, yeah, so about a million a month came from specials, And then about half a million a month came from existing customers that just rung up and say, I got a block drain, can you send someone out to fix it? Yep, we can do that. Um, and look, there's may there's much more that comes into this, you know. It's not just about getting that phone to ring, it's about everything that your team do to lock that call in. To me, a drain call was worth big money. Okay, so the average lifetime value of a customer. Let's say a drain customer to me, let's say it's a 10, that customer probably over the next three years is probably worth 10 grand to me. And I did this exercise with a, with a company down under last week and they calculated that their average lifetime value of a customer was about 8,000. But that, look, but you need to know what that customer is worth to you. Okay. And this is why marketing to your existing customers needs to be number one priority. I, I like, You know, you want to waste money on Google AdWords, fine. That's just not my recommendation, only because we used to do that, and I realized that the gold and the revenue should come from your existing customers, and no one, I repeat, no one is fully exploiting that. But we're about to launch a product that is going to blow the minds of anyone that's listening when it comes to their existing customers and how to get more from them. So yeah, so about, about 1.5 million a month just from drains. We were really set up well for drains. We had about 30 drain trucks. All the trucks had jettas and cameras and locators. And, and I focused on drains because the revenue potential for us and the profit potential was just massive. Hope that answers your question, Corey. Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: So look, here's how I see this. If you've already paid for the customer, why would you not we call it reactivation campaign here? Why would you not continually sell to that person? I don't mean send them a sales email every single week, but why not? you need to well, I mean, I guess you could, right? <laughs> but you know, You don't want to flood, I don't want people to get the wrong idea because they'll flood their customer base with a bunch of crazy emails. There does have to be systematic. There has to be a way to go about doing it that is ultimately a sales email, even if it's a value, right? Even if it's a value email for you, you reactivating those drain customers also led to electrical, plumbing, HVAC, right? Because now you get to tell them, all the other areas that your business works in and again you've already paid for them so why would you not utilize those same people that you've already sold to opposed to like you said going on google and paying a fortune to get new people but people do it all the time this episode of the successful life podcast is brought to you by house call pro Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, Housecall Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes.
1: 100%, and look, I know we've discussed in, you know, we did a, you were on a, one of my podcasts just recently and that podcast is going to come out in a few days. I'm not too sure when this is coming out. So maybe your podcast, that your pipeline of profitability will come out before this one airs. So <laughs> it's funny how this all works. But, you know, we talked about the power of AI and utilizing AI with marketing automation. I'm big on marketing automation. I think we did it better than most people. In the industry, but it's very labor intensive. So to answer your question, why don't contractors market to the customers they've already got? Because it's fucking hard work. It really is. Anyone that says, oh, it's easy, you just pick up the phone and call them. Well, yeah, you can do that. But it's, you know, if you can buy, and I learned this early in the piece, when we, when I first started playing, you know, we created a website. Was probably around 2001, 2002. Google AdWords, I forget what year it was we started to play with that, but let's call it 2005. I mean, I don't, anyone that's listening, hold me to the dates. It's just, I'm testing my memory here. It's pretty damn good, but it's not perfect. But we started playing with Google AdWords earlier than anyone that I knew. And I was watching all my fellow contractors in the U.S. boasting about their full-page yellow-page ads, and I'm going, fuck, like, what a waste of money. It's a bit like Google AdWords now. You know, I believe that it's, it's overpriced by a multiple of at least 10, and this is why it's the responsibility of... The marketing manager and the owner to find leads at the lowest possible denominator, and I believe that can be achieved from existing customers. So, so yeah, now we talked about I marketing automation. Now, if you were to engage, so if you have someone in your business that can get your customers out of your job management system, whether that's Cirra or there's some other products out there, not as good. If you can get the data into a full CRM that can email, SMS, voice broadcast, remind your outbound staff when to call. And there's lots of other stuff that it can do. If you were to do that manually or engage someone, it's going to cost you a lot of money if you've got a, a lot time. of customers. That's but right. If, what if you could do the same thing by using artificial intelligence? And I know this is we're gonna we're mm. going to venture into this conversation because we're about to launch a product which is exactly what i'm talking about and this is not a sales pitch much (laughs) it's just i just want more contractors to realize what is possible and i believe that by utilizing the right crm with artificial intelligence can reduce your the cost to market to your existing customer to about 25 percent. that's my view and look, I've been wrong on more things than I've been right, but I'm predicting that this is the future of AI. So I agree. Because look, think about this: there's no
0: human error with AI once it's set up. If it's set up properly, it you're not gonna you don't have the, you take out. And I don't mean like you're taking out the human element in all in your business. I mean you're taking the human element out of sending those manual emails or making those follow-up, not follow-up calls, but like to existing color, it would take a lot of manpower. It would take, and again, it would also there's human error that's involved with that. With what you're talking about there, if it's set up correctly, and it will be, and it is, it, you don't have room for error. Now don't get me wrong. Is it perfect? No, but it's pretty damn close.
1: Hmm. I look. I'm really excited about where the where this is all going, and you know, with utilizing AI with marketing, CRM, follow up, and look, something that I was taught, and 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 I probably I should mention my business partner Joe Cunningham, who taught me many years ago the power of rehash. And rehash is just following up leads that your technicians that have left with your customers and not followed up for whatever reason. And look, I get it. I I mean, trying to get, you know, when you've left proposals and multiple proposals, if you have, if you run your calls the way that I teach using the perfect service call for drains and you've left multiple options with the customer, and for whatever reason your technician didn't close, you've got an opportunity to get those sales, bring those sales back in. And I did, I think I may have mentioned it on your podcast, and we've discussed this before, is that a a company can generate up to 30% of their sales can be generated for just by following up proposals and leads that have already been left behind. What if you could automate all that stuff now? You can't automate well you can't you can automate the reminder to call a customer because I believe that before you get on the phone and ring someone and follow them up, you should at least have some steps in place. You know, whether that's an email is quite unreliable. I mean you might have a you know a 15% success rate where the customer actually opens the email it doesn't mean they're going to action the email. You might then say, well, SMS works better. You might have a 30% success rate with SMS, but followed up with a, and a voice broadcast or a ringless voicemail might deliver a 50%. And these are just numbers I'm pulling out of my ass. I'm not, they're not actual numbers, but then with a follow up call that you might take that to 70%. So it's just, yeah, you know, I learned this from. Dan Kennedy, magnetic marketing years ago, you've got to have a process and you've got to be consistent. But so I can be used for all the steps except for the actual phone call. And AI is not replacing staff. It's not replacing people. You still need, someone still needs to get on the phone and make the call. But the AI might just send you a reminder, hey, this customer needs to be called today fucking call them you know so anyway that's just
0: well what if you know what if there was a way that that you know you send that sequence the three sequence the ringless voicemail the email the sms but what if the sms had the ability to have an interactive chatbot inside of it and what that chatbot would do would give you the ability the customer to say you know i want to go ahead and book or i don't want to book don't call me do call me or what do you have available how do you think how do you see that working because that is ai and that's being
1: implemented you know now my thoughts okay look i'll be honest with you i it's moving really fast and i'm not a slow i'm i'm not a slow learner but when i learn something I'm effing good at it, I believe. That's just my view. <laughs> but it's a bit like asking me, you know, I've got no idea how electricity works, but I love what it does. You know? <laughs> so it's much the same, Corey. There's so much happening with AI, and all I know is what we're utilising it in, you know. An example, a great example of AI and software would be CIRA software. I mean, Billy, what Billy Stevens is doing With his product and AI is just, it's about to change the industry for the better, okay? I would hate to be a competing software to Syrah right now because they're about to get their ass handed to them, whoever's competing against it because he's using AI and the shit that's going on with that software product, it's just mind-boggling to me. And I love that and I feel that with a product like we're talking about that we're going to be launching that uses AI to help automate the marketing to your existing customers. And it does other shit as well. That's it's, it does way more than that is about to revolutionize the industry. And that's just my view and I'm allowed to, I'm entitled to it. Right. That's right. Do you want to make
0: it, my point in saying that is that you want to make it as easy on the customer as possible. So if you hit them with all of those things and you give them the ability to maybe go to your site, use a bot, use uh, send an SMS back, communicate any way that they want to communicate, that's really where, you know, you got to think about the customer. It's not what's necessarily easiest on me or you. You got to think of what's easiest on the customer. And the fact is, customers are getting younger and younger, right? I mean, younger people, don't wanna pick up the phone and call back. Younger people would much rather spend time on their phone trying to book an appointment. And imagine if that appointment goes straight to your calendar, which it will, you've avoided forgetting to call them back. You've avoided even having to call them back because look, nobody loves calling people back necessarily In playing phone tag. If you
1: could,
0: we're eliminating that uh, uh, with this product. And I just think it's going to make it easier for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Look, this is one thing. and And look, sometimes I go back to the basics and I keep to anyone that's finding, you know, they're not getting the results out of their business that they should be. Sometimes you need to go back to the real basic shit. And because you tend to move away from that and you tend to look at all the, some of the advanced stuff that's going on. So one thing that I learned is, I mean, you know, my my companies, we I was proud to say that we did a friggin' good job most of the time. And look, whenever you've got humans that can make error, there's gonna be things that just don't go exactly as they should. But one of the things I learned was that we're you know, like the average service company Let's say most of the companies I work are premium companies. They do a phenomenal job. They might be a little bit on the higher priced guys, but they're providing a really quality service. And they think that their customer will remember them, who they are. I I just want to challenge everyone that's listening to this, do not think that for a minute. And I've learned the hard way with, I share my pest control guy story that, you know, we always had a lot of termites in our homes and we got this company who was recommended to us. He was phenomenal. He did a great job. He presented us options. He found termites, he fixed it. And then, you know, it didn't cost an arm and a leg. We didn't have to take out a second mortgage on the home to to fix the problem. And then I said to him, Okay. So how often do you need to check for termites? He said, every six months. I said, will you remind me? He said, absolutely. I'll, I'll reach out. We'll come back in six months and we'll just make sure there's none of those little rascals have snuck into any other part of the home. And, and anyone that knows has had termites in their home, it's, it can be quite devastating. Homes get demolished when termites have done too much damage. So six months later, I said to my wife at the time, "Have you heard from the termite guy? No. Have you? Can you call him?" I said, "Yeah. What's his phone number?" Well, I'd left that with you, haven't you got his? I mean, this guy was good. We loved him, but we neither of us could remember the name of the company, who he was, because you know we're both leading busy lives, and and that's just. A, I just wanted to share that story because. If all you do with your marketing automation is let your customers know who you are and that you're still around and you've got to stay in contact. I mean, look, some people don't mind being emailed daily. I probably wouldn't recommend it. Maybe weekly, but don't just be throwing sales pictures at them. You've got to, you know, I did a fantastic podcast with a guy by the name of Kevin Kniebel. Kniebel, hope I said that right. And he talked about, With communicating to your customers, you need there needs to be some human element in there, you know, and just sometimes you just got to connect with them. How are you? I hope everything is well. And and look, I'm when it comes to what to say and what to do, that's not my thing. But sometimes if you're trying to sell them every week and you might piss them off, so you need to think about that. But so that just that one thing. Just regularly communicating to your existing customers so that they know who you are and they'll remember you. You should be putting stickers and magnets and valve tags throughout the home for everything you do, you know? So you need to find a way to continually communicate. And this is one thing that, you know, I challenge my staff a lot on this and I would throw. I'd throw a question at them and I knew that they couldn't answer, but I would do it anyway because that's just the way I'm wired. <laughs> and one of the things I used to say to my CSR manager, I'd say, uh, so out of um, all the, the customers on our database, and let's call it 70,000, I think we had a lot more, how many of them know that we now have the premium air conditioning company in Sydney? And no one could answer that question. But the question itself is what it was like, okay, let's get to work. I want every single one of those customers to know that we are now a premium air conditioning company. So that that creates a challenge in itself, right? Because we know that email might only deliver fifteen percent. And so let's get to work. Let's make sure that every single one of those customers knows that we have the best air conditioning company in Sydney and That's just the way I roll, Corey. Well, if you don't let them know who is nobody,
0: right? I mean, you look, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. You shouldn't feel bad about wanting to share how you can help the people that have contributed to your business. That's how I see it.
1: So yeah, so that's like that's just one thing. There's so many. There's so many more things you can do. You know, like we one of the thing one the other one of the other things i teach my the, yeah, the companies that me and joe work with and there's a lot within australia and the us is when it comes to drains and warranty you need to be booking you know if you're going to give a lifetime warranty which i recommend or a 15 year whatever same 15 year lifetime same thing right in my view you need the ability to book the warranty inspection and using AI to reach out to those customers at the desired time. You know, if it's a 12 monthly inspection, maybe 10 or 11 months before an email, they don't respond and the AI will know that if they've opened the email or not, right? And then if they haven't, well then you escalate that to a text message. Then you should know whether they've, and if they haven't responded to that, then you're on the outbound, but also sending direct mail. And so the CRM, will actually communicate to a mailhouse, or maybe you might have an in- internal ability. So and that, they're all some of the things you can be doing that you can be using artificial intelligence to help with, right? 100%. Absolutely. And all right, so
0: one more thing I want you to, uh, you know, I should have probably ask you this earlier, but I, I kind of dropped the ball on it. But You know, the way I see when we were talking about your sales process and how you maximize drain calls, I would argue that, you know, everybody's looking for employees. Everybody's looking for technicians. Right. But I think if I'm understanding you correctly, if you run these calls the right way, you run them efficiently, maybe you wouldn't have to look necessarily for more
1: technicians. So. Look, you've touched on a, look, I might have to spend a little bit longer on this one than uh, normal because you've touched on a key point for me and it's what I'm really about with my, I suppose, passion for the industry has been good for me and I want to be able to give back as much as possible. So when it comes to to growing and and having technicians, I want to ask everyone that's I want everyone that's listening to this podcast, and I'm sure it's a lot of people, right? What's what makes the better employee? Someone who has got the skill that you need, and yes, everyone needs the skill, and I'm and I'll come back to my thoughts on that. Or do you want someone with the skill or do you want someone with the right attitude? Okay. Now, attitude is important. You want team players, you want people that are willing to, you know, to be involved in a team environment you want people that are going to go the extra mile so I I feel my view is that that it's more important to get the right person the right personality (coughs) understanding whether that person is a visionary or an integrator and it's okay to have visionaries in the business but you want people that are going to get shit done (coughs) excuse
0: me grab a drink of water Surprised you hadn't had a drink of water before now.
1: No. (laughs) I'll end up losing my voice um, uh, later on today, but that's okay. So, visionary integrator and personality type. You know, I've done a lot of training just recently on the different types of personality and there 's four personality types you 've got your sanguine your outgoing person you 've got your choleric, so you you 're driven money hungry buddy, want to succeed at all costs you 've got your uh, you 've got your melancholies your analytical types you 've got your phlegmatics so each position in your company you need a certain personality type so i mean if you 're hiring an accounts person and they don 't have any analytical personality you 're hiring the wrong person so <laughs> There is the, you know, the visionary integrator test sheet, which is something that I, I recommend. And then the personality type, but I would much rather, and I've had way better success with bringing in someone with lower skill level and then give them that skill. So I want the right attitude. I want someone that's on board with my vision of where I want to go. And then there's ways to add skills. So in plumbing and drains, for instance, Joe Cunningham has amazing trade schools for air conditioning and for plumbing in Houston. And in 10 days, you can get someone with zero skills to a given skill level. And Joe says it's about, and you should get Joe on the podcast because he'll be able to explain this way better than me. And he's had way more years in the industry than me. And I've most of what I've learned is from Joe. So he can get someone with zero skill level to let's say 75% of where they need to be in 10 days straight. And it's a really low investment. And I think it's a good investment. So you, you, let's say you recruit someone, maybe a mature age apprentice. And I used to have great success with mature age apprentices, you know, usually anywhere from 25 years on ex-military is perfect. I love military personnel because they're structured and and they know how to follow a system. So ex-military, they've got the right attitude. They're team players. They're on board with the vision. Then you give them the skill. So they go to Houston for 10 days, whether it's air conditioning or plumbing, and it's going to be plumbing because that's the the conversation today. And then they go back to their company. They get some experience out in the field. They get to understand, you know, from doing the job because let's face it, you go to a 10-day training course, you don't really learn shit. You you got the basics and you know what to do. You learn when you actually get out there and do the work. And actually I'm I've got to I've got to retract that statement. You do actually get to do some of the the hands-on stuff in the school. But let's face it, most people learn when they're actually uh, in the, the real live situation, okay? I mean I can teach you how to sell for day. I can spend days with you teaching you how to sell plumbing, but until you actually get out there in front of a customer and do it, it's you're not you haven't really learned shit. so so yeah, you do your ten days with Joe and his tra- he's got some great trainers. You go back into the company, maybe spend a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, really implementing what you've learned. And then you send them to the Super Drains Academy. That's also in Houston, which we are gonna relocate that to South Carolina, the American Pipelining Suppliers Headquarters. That might not be until the new year. So you've got the right attitude. You've made sure that the personality type is right. They're not too much of a visionary. They're people that will get shit done you've trained them in Joe's school they come back into the company you've sent them back to the Super Drains Academy they're ready to rock and roll they in in let's call it 3 months to 6 months you've got an A grader or at least a high level B grader that's gonna sell drain repairs and look we I've trained I've trained technicians that have worked for me and other companies to sell up to $300,000 a month in drain and trenchless drain repairs so there's that. Look, there's so much more I could go on about this subject, but it, like I said, Corey, it's one that I am very passionate about, and and yeah, I just think if you want to scale your company and you want to grow it and you want to grow it with the right people, yeah, that's. I know now. I remember what I was going to say. It's something that I've covered a few times now. How many companies actually know what it costs to employ someone? What it really costs, and I. My my thoughts are it's usually between three months to six months of salary. So if you're bringing on someone for 100K and a lot of plumbers are earning way more than that now. I know plumbers that are getting paid north of 200K a year. That's just, you know, that's just the way it is in Sydney, Australia. But do you know what it costs to actually employ someone, you know, with the recruitment and the training? It's between three to six months of salary. So
0: does that answer your question? It, It totally does. And I think, you know, we'll just kind of finish up with this. Like, I think what you don't have bad habits when you're training people that come, you know, potentially from outside the industry, they don't have any bad habits that you have to break. And it is hard to break bad habits. It's hard to break training that people have had good, bad, or indifferent to do it the way you want to do it in your company and i think that's a lot of the i think that's a lot of the benefit of bringing someone from outside would you agree
1: yeah absolutely but look anyone that's been in business for long enough knows everything that i'm saying probably hits a nerve you know and you know i i was having this conversation the other day i've had this conversation quite a few times is that you know i believe um, in my ability of being a coach and helping other contractors and not what went well for me, it's what didn't work for me. All the things that caused me pain and frustration and, and heartbreak is where I've learnt my lessons. And I, I do my absolute best to give back to any contractor that's willing to work with me and help them to avoid some of the pain that I've been through. But look, if... Most contractors are like me. You want to learn the hard way. You want to learn yourself, right? So, But all I can do is advise you on what I believe is the next best step and helping a company to raise its average drain tickets, you know, from a couple of hundred bucks to there's one client that I've worked with that's got tickets above $4,000. And there's quite a few companies out there that do big average tickets in drains when they incorporate technology, like trenchless no dig solutions. So, makes
0: sense. Well, Alan, where can everybody find you? By the way, this has been a great conversation. Where can everybody find you?
1: Look, probably I'll give you some contacts to put in the show notes. So, my email direct email is alan at service success network.com. Don't ask me what my phone number is because I never remember it. It's written down somewhere. But, look, I'd probably not give that out. I'll give you some contact, best contact details. Servicesuccessacademy.com is a good way to get to our coaching. But I'll give you some additional contact information to put into to your show notes. So if anyone that wants to get to me, they can. I'm currently down under, but I'll be back in, I'm based in uh, Houston, Texas, because when I'm there, I actually do work for Joe Cunningham and his great training organization. And so I'll be back in Texas at the end of July. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants me, I'll I look forward to seeing if I can help. Yeah. And you got a great
0: Facebook group too, which is service, remind me the name of the service success we we've changed. got
1: quite a few. So we've got Service Success Academy. But yeah, I'll get all the links. Yeah, for in sure. As well, well Thank you, my friend. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, you have a fantastic day, Corey. And appreciate you uh having me on the podcast again.
0: I appreciate you, my friend. Talk soon. Cheers, buddy. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast.